it's me, Sarah Russell. I am the Marketing Director of 5874 Commerce and I am your host for the Women's Domain Podcast. So this is our first podcast, our first episode uh, for the Women's Domain and I am so happy um, that I got to talk to Rita Harnett from Wavemaker Global. Rita really does have an extraordinary uh, background in retail and e-commerce and just I love listening to her insights on how women are treated and represented um, in the workplace and actually in general too. In this particular episode what we spoke about though was about being brave, about being our own champions and how absolutely vital it is for us as women to support each other. Women supporting women, who knew? So go on then, grab yourself a cuppa, maybe even a glass of wine and sit back, enjoy yourself, enjoy listening to our chat and I really hope you get a lot out of it because I certainly did. So thank you uh, for joining me on the very first The Women's Domain podcast. Uh, Rita, you are my first ever guest. Oh, thank you very much. I I feel honoured. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So I really, you know, we we spoke briefly a few weeks ago um, just about the Women's Domain campaign in general and the representation of women in the e-commerce industry. And I, you know, I've obviously been told a little bit about your background and I knew that you'd be a really interesting person to talk to. But the kind of theme that came out of our conversation really was about being brave um, and it being quite an interesting topic to sort of cling on to for women, not necessarily just in e-commerce, but in general and all the challenges that we as women face uh, in our lives. Um, But before we delve too deeply into that, I'd be really interested just to hear about how you began your career in e-commerce and what your background is. So, um, yeah, so I started out as a merchandiser um, when I was um, when I first left university. I worked on the shop floor and then I was a merchandiser um, at Arcadia Group for about six or seven years. I think it was. I can't remember. Maybe it was seven or eight. So long ago now. Um, And then um, in 2006, I'm now really showing my age. I was invited to um, set up the website for BHS. Um, and it was very much starting at the very beginning. So there were only three of us that were running it with with a couple of trading like um, directors and, and what have you. So it was very grassroots level. And we built that up and it was really great because I understood from sort of the nuts and bolts of how an e-commerce setup starts um, through to becoming quite sophisticated and actually making serious money um, as one of the branches of the store uh, stores at BHS. And then, um, you know, it was it was something that was offered to me as a promotion. Well, I was offered it to, you know, to to um, basically set up the website and make it a success for the home division. Um, And I was told that, you know, that this would be an opportunity for me to move up and progress with, you know, if I could prove myself. So um, that was really exciting, really enjoyed working on that um i was really i was involved in things like online trading and then um even in some two re-platforms actually whilst we were there and even down to things like what what we call reskinning the website so redesigning the look and feel of the website so it gave me a really good grounding into how the site functions 
Um, and then after BHS, I went to Yumi, which is a fashion brand, and I managed the e-com um, division. So it was the end to end from through, all the way from sort of like demand generation of traffic um, through to site site um, customer experience and then design and also post purchase CRM. Um, and so I did that for a couple of years. And that really grounded me in terms of being able to understand the whole marketing side of things and the media side of things, um, which then led me to Wavemaker, which is where I am now. And this is a media agency, which is part of um, WPP. Uh, and right now, what I'm doing there, I've been there for three years and I'm an e-com specialist. And we basically support businesses with their online strategy um, and activations across all touch points of e-commerce. So DTC, um, Amazon and e-retailers. So that's, um, yeah, basically a potted version of my career. <laughs> and what kind of businesses you know are they particular verticals or anything that you work yeah in? it's it's across all verticals it's probably less it's probably more cpg um there's a few luxury in there i haven't really worked oh i have i was gonna say i haven't worked with um you know um sort of pharmaceutical businesses but i have actually a couple of them i forget now um so yeah so it's mainly cpg which is very much you know um but you know since especially since covid hit this whole thing around um cpg companies wanting to drive forward in retail especially on e-commerce so it's become a real thing um over the last two years um i'm not gonna lie it's been busy sounds it <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that is a vast experience in this world we called we call e-com i guess and you know these aren't small businesses these are big companies that you you've worked with or for as you know could have you you know I'm, I'm assuming as a woman you have encountered obstacles in your career I mean that's a massive assumption because I, you know lots of women don't I guess but do you are there specific you know examples of, of obstacles because you mentioned about how when you took on sort of the website for BHS it was kind of you can if you prove yourself by doing this you'll get that promotion and that always sticks with me because I feel that women have to prove themselves a lot whereas men don't necessarily have to in that way they're kind of given yeah. the promotion and told you know make it a success here's the promotion yeah. thing yeah I think I think definitely there's been blockages at every stage to be honest with you which hasn't necessarily helped my confidence levels I'll be honest because when I well when I felt the first time I had a serious blockage was when I was pregnant actually and I was pretty much due for a promotion and um then the moment I found out I was pregnant because it was the time that it was and it's not now um back then there wasn't a cat's chance in hell that I was going to be able to get that promotion so I missed it and the way it works in retail is that you know unless you move businesses that promotion can only happen if there's a vacancy and so I missed that opportunity and had to wait um, so I sort of felt that was a bit of a blockage because I was pregnant. Um, but then, yes, you're right. When I was offered the opportunity to work in e-com um, at um, Arcadia, I um, I was told that I would need to uh, demonstrate that I could make it a success before I could get that promotion. But that promotion wasn't forthcoming, actually. And it took mm -hmm. quite a while. And what actually ended up happening was that the trading director um who I worked with quite closely and I didn't work with the other director particularly closely, but they were the ones that I reported into. I ended up 
saying to them, look, I think I need to report to the trading director because they know what I'm doing. And the day, literally down to the day that I moved across to work, you know, to report, my reporting line moved across was the day that I got the promotion. And interestingly, that trading director was a woman. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah. And I've had that a couple of times because before that also, when I was pushing for another promotion, the one that I missed out on when I was pregnant, um, that was also facilitated by a woman. So, you know, my career path at Arcadia was very much facilitated by women. Uh, you know, that that's a given or a fact in terms of, you know, how it worked. Um, but, you know, also another another time that I've, I felt like I had a blockage, unfortunately, again, was at Arcadia when I was looking for head of trading and didn't get the opportunity to um, get that for, for whatever reasons that they, they decided. But I'd proven myself um, in terms of growing the biggest category there, you know, in terms of performance. Um, but somehow that didn't wasn't enough for me to get that. And so there were a few changes that had happened structurally, which meant that I moved on to another area. Um, but that then, you know, that sort of started to make me think I probably need to reconsider my position in this organisation and find something else. Um, and so that's when I started to look for another role because there's only so many times you can, you know, take a pushback, I guess, before it starts to impact you. I know what you mean, because you mentioned earlier about these obstacles kind of really affecting your confidence and almost sort of self-belief in, yeah. you know, you're there doing the job um, and then you think you're doing a really good job and then suddenly suddenly it's not good enough or oh hang on no you, you haven't done quite enough it's all yeah. it feels like and I don't want to use buzzwords and stuff but like professional gaslighting it's this yeah. kind of way of um keeping us in our place but it, it's it's really interesting to me that you said that the the positive um steps you've taken in your career have been facilitated by other women because it just goes to show that idea of women supporting women and holding that ladder yeah. um, for those to come up behind them, particularly those that don't get the same um, opportunities for or didn't have the same advantages or privileges as, as, as you know, if those that have reached the top necessarily. Yeah. So it just goes to show, doesn't it, how important it is for us to support each other? Complete, completely. And I, I, I'm very much look out. And that's why, you know, as part of my role, um, at Wavemaker now, I, I actually am an active member of women at Wavemaker because I feel passionately about how women deal with the work situation when they're going through pregnancy, when they come back from having children, um, when you know when they're progressing in their career and need guidance and mentoring. Because I, I do feel that you know having worked with both women and men, I feel that women have a natural disposition to be more. Uh, lacking in confidence um, and you know that that needs to be eked out of them in terms of you know being able to demonstrate that actually you can do this and so it's really important to support them but not just as women it's important for men to support them as well of course oh, you know? yeah 100%. we need our allies as well yeah, completely yeah and when yeah. you know you're talking about particularly um women through pregnancy and returning to work and experiencing motherhood usually you know when it's for the first time and how that impacts your confidence because you know I spoke to someone else today actually we we're talking about that and it's you know when we fall pregnant um 
we're, we're growing human life you know our hormones are not our own and things aren't as simple as just picking up where you left off and then you know you go on maternity leave um because again you're growing human life and you have to give birth um and you have that um th that gap in your career and then when it comes to returning to work particularly those of us that have had two two or more children you know when you're looking at childcare costs and you're thinking well how how can i return to work um in, in the same and balance it yeah balance yeah it, yeah totally. and then you're working and then you think well and then there's the guilt of going part-time you know i'm not going to be taken seriously or maybe i can't return to work at all and i have this huge five six seven ten year gap in the workplace and then when it is when you when you do go back your confidence is probably you know minus 406 you know you can't yeah. it's difficult and that's it is. It, it it's, is. it's very challenging other women yeah others that actually really understand where you're coming from I think yeah and that's something that actually it's interesting you touch on that because um the part-time thing I did for 10 years um so it was only when my son went to secondary school that I went back to being full-time um but that part-time job was actually a full-time job because I always worked the extra hours as I'm sure everybody does and even full-time people work more than their full-time hours anyway I appreciate mm -hmm. that but that part-time role, not only was it a stressful situation because I was fighting to have that time with my son, um, but also a stressful situation because I was trying to do the job in the best way possible. Um, and also, you know, thinking about it from a financial perspective, and I know we're not talking about finances, but, you know, the, the, the knock you take from a pension perspective and so forth as a part-time person is you know it's just not it's, it's i think it's really unfair actually yeah. um we're not talking about finances but actually women's finance is absolutely an issue that we face you know that you know yeah. the, the pensions the the gender pay gap the fact that when we do take time out of work because we are raising the children that we have had with our husbands who by the way or partners who also chose to start a family um yeah, it wasn't right. You know, there, there were two people in that um yeah, yeah i mean it but it is an issue that um that we face i mean there's a there's a great um company called raincheck um it's run by a woman called mm -hmm. davinia tomlinson and she has an awesome podcast um called let's uh, make it rain or let it rain or something and it's all about women's um women feeling empowered and becoming uh you know financially aware and, and and well you know building yeah. um really tailored to women because it is it we it is really important that that's recognized i think so yeah i think that's a totally a, an issue we should be looking at probably as part mm -hmm. of the domain campaign to be honest um yeah. i digress sorry um, <laughs> but we you know so we're talking about lack of confidence so then that's when we got on to being you know how we feel how we can be brave and feel braver so from your perspective what does being brave look like in the workplace do you think or i mean not even the workplace just generally yeah so for me um because i can only really look at it from my perspective everyone has different thresholds of braveness <laughs> for want of a better way of describing it um I, I i suffer terribly from imposter syndrome which i didn't really necessarily recognize when i was in retail because i'd been in retail for so long i knew everything the nuts and bolts of how to do that job um and also 
I, um, you know, I could transfer that when I moved over to the, the fashion brand. But um, certainly when I came to Wavemaker, that really kicked in and I never realized how badly it would kick in. But that's that's something different. So my, for me, an imposter, the, the imposter syndrome is an issue. And so knowing what I'm worth has always plagued me. Um, and so I've always found it difficult to do certain things like asking for pay rises, asking for promotions. I've really had to sort of work my way up to it, create a strategy and build that out. Um, and so for me, you know, and also because I've had so many obstacles along the way, I always felt uncomfortable and nervous that I'd be knocked back again. Um, and so for me, being brave is it means taking action on things that I feel really uncomfortable about. Um, and so it might be, like I said, asking for a pay rise or taking the leap to, to move into a new job that I totally different in a different sort of sector. Um, and or even speaking about a topic that I don't know 100 percent about, because I am I do have a bit of a control freakiness about myself. And so therefore, I want to know everything and be completely clear. But but actually, I've realized that, you know, being brave is being taking the risk with these things a bit more. Yeah, I, I can totally relate to that because I think, you know, when we spoke before, I, you know, I, I talked about imposter syndrome too. And mm. I think even launching this campaign, you know, I, I shared with you the fact that I had, I was having not a crisis, that's slightly dramatic, but, you know, this idea like, who the hell do I think I am? You know, I literally entered the world of e-commerce e in July last year. Okay, so I've been in the world of work for, you know, we're not going to go into that because, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> um, but it's, you know, and who, there's, there are so many women out there who know more than me and do more than me and, and, and have that profile and presence and I'm there there's little old me going I'm going to do a campaign I'm going to talk to all these people <laughs> like why do people want to talk to me like who the hell do I think I am and then you know, and it was actually Rupert um god bless him he just said will you just back yourself you know yeah completely I mean this it's interesting that you you say that because the the thing that I wanted to also say is that you know, when I joined Wavemaker, I was I was doing things for the first time every time. So I spent two years doing things for the first time because it was a completely different sector and a different um, way of working. Um, and so things were unknown. And I quickly discovered that actually just because it was unknown to me. Well, it was unknown to me sometimes, but it was also unknown within that within our business as well, because the e-com community had started to be developed only a couple of years before. And just by the nature of the business, things things that you know we might be asked to do are so varied that no two things are the same. And you know, that that was terrifying. Yeah. I was absolutely terrified, I'll be honest, for a good couple of years. And it's literally taken me to, you know, get to the third year there where I now start to feel I still I'm still nervous, you know, I'll never lose that imposter syndrome. But I now start to feel like actually I'm more willing to take the bull by the horns. And interestingly, and I can't remember if I mentioned this to you before, when I had my um, review last year, because my line manager was amazing. He he recognized that I was just nervous all the time and so supported me amazingly through all of these different pitfalls and projects and what have you but he he and I agreed that when I did my review last year that I need to be more brave so that was my mantra and it has made a difference because I've just instead of being terrified and hiding under my desk when something new comes through 
I'm sort of trying to take the bull by the horns and be really positive about how to approach the project and how exciting it might be and what am I going to learn from this as opposed to oh no I can't do that how am I going to do it kind of thing so it's been great yeah, yeah I think being brave be more brave as a mantra is a pretty good uh, step to taking uh, to kicking imposter syndrome's ass to be honest but I think actually the more we talk about this the more we realize that you know you know I'll talk to you Rita and you're a woman who has got over 15 years experience in e-commerce and you know I'm just starting out in my career in the e-commerce industry and I'd look to you and think I you know I, I don't want to show Rita how little I know you know and you know you're, you're constantly thinking you're going to be caught out but if we share the fact that we're all a bit nervous and these networking events that we all have to go to and and women generally hate it because it's the you know the the thought of going up to people you don't know and selling yourself or um you Absolutely. know yeah posting about all these amazing things that you do in your you know, it just it it, it doesn't sit comfortably it, does it but then no. when you force yourself when you when you make yourself be that bit braver and you walk into that room and you go and talk to that other woman or other person you realize actually they're kind of in the same boat you know they kind of they, they they've had the either feel the same same as you or they felt the same as you so mm -hmm. if we if we're a bit more open about this kind of stuff actually it might help <laughs> yeah and I think also you know just things like mentoring programs and things like that where you can support networks there's plenty of ways that it can be done um for sure you know in terms of to support the the I mean I don't know if it's a generational thing I think that the younger generations are probably a little bit more brave, but they live in a different world to, yeah. to or they've grown up in a different world to the world that you know that I've grown up in. And so you are massively impacted by by the the environment you're in in terms of the kind of personality you become. Definitely. So then, you know, in general, when we look at the representation of women, you know, let's let's zone it into our industry. Do you do you think the e-commerce industry gets it right more than it gets it wrong you know where do you think you know where would what where's the change you would like to see or do you think we're already kind of there because it'd be interesting to know what you think yeah I mean e-com so for me e-com has worked in two ways so obviously working in retail and working in media um retail wise it was very female oriented anyway but the top echelons of the community were always male dominated um I'm not sure where that's at now I suspect it probably hasn't changed massively um but that's something that does need to change and it was typical where the man was the trading sorry the the head of merchandising or merch director and the woman was the buy um you know the um buying director um and that's the sort of mix that we would have generally when especially in Arcadia however um it was it was a much more balanced thing and i i before i joined media it was interesting because one of my close friends is was working in media herself or in agency world and she would say that it was such a challenge because men totally dominated the industry and it was very unequal and you know she really struggled with it and so what i found when i joined the media industry or the uh, wave maker was that that was the case that it was very sort of um male dominated like our oh, exco was was mostly men i think 
Um, and then literally over the last couple of years, the changes have been phenomenal because there's been so much more awareness driving, obviously, with everything going on. Mm -hmm. And that's now completely balanced. We are, I'm very proud to say that, you know, we've got a completely balanced Exco. And um, it's it's been, you know, fairly it's been achieved in a fair way in terms of the women earning their places there. Mm. Um, so I think that it's 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 changing, definitely. Um, it should have changed a while ago, but obviously we are where we are now. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's it's it has been phenomenal, the, the amount of change we've seen. Um, but what we've also been doing, and I wanted to mention this project because um, I absolutely love this charity um so we work with this i'm lucky enough that wavemaker allows me to work with this charity called we speak who um they basically represent they they work with um teenagers from underrepresented backgrounds who who lack confidence and are um looking to work in media and so they wouldn't traditionally know anything about it, but they're interested. And so what we do, well, what we speak to is to train mentors within our business to work with these students to develop their confidence. And it's just an amazing project. It's run by a woman called Laura North. And um, it's it's just fantastic the way that, you know, they run it. We've been running it, working with her um, uh, and we speak for two, two and a half years now um and so we do projects uh, we basically run programs in in the spring and then in the autumn um and then we try to have a graduation although we haven't had a graduation ceremony recently but it's just fantastic because it means that we're trying to find this underrepresented talent mm -hmm. who might be able to become apprentices within our organization um but you know the, the the amazing glow that you get from from knowing that you've supported these students who otherwise probably wouldn't have been able to do you know get that opportunity and get the exposure to the um the industry at all and actually that's a really you know that's 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 a practical thing e-commerce businesses can do they can join start or whatever initiatives and and work with charities and organizations absolutely what you know it, it's not about the social media post and saying hashtag diversity matters it's it's what you're doing you know to build those foundations well, totally. <laughs> yeah you know? totally totally i mean you know the fact that i am an asian woman who works in in e-commerce it's you know there's not many of us out there i don't think and i feel proud of the fact that you know if i go out there and talk on panels or you know doing this podcast and all you know all of these kinds of things to really sort of put myself forward it will make it more feel more like it's the norm for yeah. you know for want of a better way of saying it that look like you in those sorts yeah. of roles you you think those roles are for you this isn't you know with the women's domain like i'm going to talk to a lot of my male colleagues and contacts as well and get their point of view because you know, you've mentioned before that you had a really supportive male uh, manager who helped you, but you've also had potentially not so supportive male managers. But yes, <laughs> how do you think men can be our allies in our careers and in business? I mean, I think that, you know, it's um, I think this kind of thing is really helpful in terms of, you know, demonstrate for them to hear what it is. And I think that's important for them to to really, um, you know, 
it's not just I suppose what I'm trying to say is it's not just about what men can do but it's also mm -hmm. what women can do and mm -hmm. so by showing that it's becoming more of a norm in itself really drives encouragement and I I like I was saying earlier I feel really responsible to be visible for the younger generation to show it's it can be a can have situation um, and I think it's the same for men to 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 ensure that they're not recruiting people who look like them but mm -hmm. you know recruiting people who who are right for the role um, so I think that you know by I mean, obviously, you know, when you look at a CV, you can mostly tell when somebody's a male or a female, not always. Um, but the age, the fact that you don't need to put the age on there and, and what have you, hopefully gets rid of a bit of ageism. But I, th I still think there's a bit of ageism going on in industries. Um, at a certain university in, you know, 1996, you get the gist, don't you? <laughs> well, there is that, of course. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's 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 definitely something that you know by by doing these kinds of things and really sort of pushing forward the initiatives um of this nature will will mean that they they will get an understanding that actually they need to be thinking more broadly in terms of understanding who would be right for the role and you know there's stats out there as you were saying earlier um i i read this stat the other day about the fact that you know um companies that were in the top quartile um for gender diversity on their executive teams, they were 25% more likely to have um, above average profitability. And you've, you've probably read that yourself. Yes. So, you know, that in itself should be a driver for the men in the organization to want to have the same kind of diverse um, appeal within the um, community. Because actually as well, you know, what, what women are asking for is not special treatment. It's just the same opportunity. It's the level. It's exactly that, right. That's right. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it is getting better. Talking about the, the previous um, question that you were asking about what's changed and changing. I think it is a lot better. Um, I think the pay gaps has still got a bit of a way to go for sure. Mm. Um, but like I was saying earlier, you know, in our company, we've been really good at getting more balance um there is a way to go though there is definitely a way to go we've got more balance but we're not fully balanced yet no for sure and then you know when you were talking earlier about you know being brave and making yourself do those panels and putting your face out there you know because you you know the idea that you feel that sense of responsibility for the younger generation that um particularly you know the younger female Asian community potentially as well who can look at someone like you and and feel like you know so making yourself feel that have that courage I mean that's a big that must feel like quite you know is that ever an overwhelming sense of responsibility with that um not well I don't want to say no not anymore but you become used to it I think you know the I've I've I I feel like I've um done quite a lot of brave things over the last couple of years for me anyway yeah. um and that has made me realize that perhaps i should have been braver <laughs> sooner <laughs> because perhaps if i kept pushing myself and challenging myself where um you know in terms of uh projects and and these kinds of panels and what have you that that would have made me feel um more capable in terms of being able to do them um because and before before that i think what happened was that i was potentially in a in a role or 
I mean, it wasn't the same role, but it was an, a, a sort of more more experienced and more um, senior role as time went on. But it was still within the same kind of industry and so familiar. And I think, you know, it, it it's something that I I don't I don't regret it as such because I wouldn't have been I wouldn't be here today if I didn't do that. But I do sometimes wonder if I'd been braver sooner and jumped ship, for example, and gone to another company and learned a bit more and become more rounded um, when I was in retail, then I wouldn't have felt so overwhelmed when I when I did move to the fashion company and then over to Wavemaker. And I did feel overwhelmed because they were new roles, they were completely different, um, and it was a massive learning curve. But I survived them. And so that's something, you know, to 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 say that, you know, you you're not going to it's not going to kill you. Um, and it's just going to add another string to your bow, for want of a better way of saying yeah. it. But actually, you know, if you if you could go back in time and um, be braver, it might mean that you weren't able to offer the same support you could offer now, you know, because you wouldn't have the same experiences. So the empathy yeah. that you have now the experience you have now, we can, you know, there's there's a relatability there that potentially if you if you change things way back when, if you had, you know, if you were Doctor Who and you could go back in time, science yeah. fiction reference there, guys, you know, <laughs> a bit of a geek, but um, you know, the, no, absolutely, I totally agree. I there's think there's a reason no. why we're all on this J word journey, you know. I think, yeah, um, totally, I agree. I think that's true. That I wouldn't have appreciated it so much. But I do realise now that, you know, I've, I'm a lot braver than I, I realised. And also the other thing that's quite interesting is I there was a, a fantastic um, panel on International Women's Day at work where um, there was a it was about ageism, actually. And mm. the panel were all talking about the fact that as they'd got older, um, they had become braver. And somewhere I, I, there was a stat in there that when you're you, a woman there, there was a question about being at your prime and I was you know we had to all answer the question and I said I didn't believe that, that a woman does have or a person has a prime because every part of your life you have a, a different prime you know mm -hmm. um, and um, this laid this one person had said that you know actually um, there was a stat where women apparently are at their most effective so it's different to prime over 50 so I'm really looking forward to that I'm looking forward to becoming a really effective powerhouse when I'm in my 50s <laughs> the menly griffith power suits and uh, yeah yeah I like the big shoulder pads yeah there's probably a reason for that you know I mean generalizing massively here you know kids are potentially a bit more grown up you know you're not having to do school run like yeah. you know you're not having to do pat lunches and juggle and the juggles a bit less and you know things true you know, true credit cards yeah. paid off that kind of thing like yeah. things are <laughs> a bit different but never in my case <laughs> well, no, <I> think, yeah. <laughs> welcome to 2022 you know <laughs> exactly exactly yeah I think like you know when I was going to ask you like if there was a Pete there was a particular piece of advice that you would give a woman starting out in her career in e-commerce or a piece of advice that was given to you that's really stuck with you because when like what I'm taking away is that I feel like tomorrow I'm going to wake up and go be brave 
be a bit braver and just yeah. say it to yourself and repeat it and just you know speak up in that meeting um ask for what you want contact that person you want to do an interview with and you know all of these things and and just stay helpful ever really yeah I, and i i wouldn't disagree to be honest i it's funny because my my son's going to hate me for saying this but he's quite shy he's a very shy person and throughout his school career there's always been we used to play this um bingo game at parents evening where we'd see how many parent how many teachers would say he's great you know he's really great very studious but could speak up a bit more in class never puts his hand up I would say and you know I would constantly badger him to do that and he was so frightened of getting it wrong but the point is you never learn until you get things wrong and I know that's a real um what's the word for it I can't think of the word for it um yeah cliche but it's true because if you don't get it wrong then how do you learn and so for me I um I was lucky I got it right my bravest moment probably I mean I had I had two brave moments but one of them the the most recent one was moving career into media Mm. um and I got it right because I got the job and I was really lucky but um you know I think that it's it's a real case that we we need to be um we need to try things out and see where we get things wrong because that's the only way you're going to learn that actually that's what i need to do to get that right so for 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 for, for, for the younger generation of women coming up it it needs to be that they they should speak up they should i would say that you know it's worth definitely seeking out a mentor to to support in terms of you know um helping you navigate your way forward in your career um you don't have to be clear about where you want to get to I, d- I don't you know I I didn't have a five-year plan and I think so many young people these days do and I just think gosh that's a bit overwhelming when I was in my 20s I'm going to be honest I was partying um and so you know it, and then in my 30s I was parenting and so therefore you know I'm too it's too late for me for a five-year plan I'll just roll with it sounds a bit um, <laughs> yeah um but it's important to speak up um be brave um get a mentor if you feel that you need support from that side um in in terms of that and then finally just do it yeah. you know it's 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 a really um it's really important for girls to to be able to push forward and and that's 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 sort of the the kind of things that i would recommend oh that's awesome no, that's really good right how do you get a mentor but is there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you can do it different ways. I know it sounds really rubbish, but you can Google to find a mentor. So you can Google, um, you know, mentors. And then I think there's various organisations. I know Mentor Loop is one of them. I can't I think there's um, it's totally gone out of my head now, the name of the, oh, there's Bloom. I think Bloom is a women's network, which might be able to put people in touch with mentors. But like within our organization, we we organize mentors for people as well. So if you know, if there's people who who who've expressed an interest and also as part well, something that we haven't quite got to yet, but we are planning to get to a um having our own um women's network or women at Wavemaker um mentoring network as well, which you know, I think it it's just um it's so powerful. Yeah, so. definitely. Excellent. Sounds like a mentoring scheme is another thing businesses could implement. Totally, yeah. 
And like I was saying about the we speak, but that's a bit different because it's for younger, it's people who are not working yet. Mm -hmm. But that kind of organisation is really beneficial, definitely. I mean, we've got a mentoring scheme at um, 5.8, you know, we're, we're a team of not even 30. Um, but it's definitely had a really, you know, a positive impact. You know, you know, we have a mix of, um, we have quite a good balance generally um, and also different age kind of uh, yeah yeah so um there's a there's a variety of experience going on there um but yeah i think we we certainly found the mentoring scheme to be a positive change to our business so i I think that's definitely something other businesses could do yeah definitely yeah i guess lastly rita what you know 12 months of the women's domain campaign if i continue to talk to women such as yourself and um highlight certain issues what do you think you'd like to see come out of the campaign after 12 months or what do you think we're going to to see yeah i think that um definitely it's um better awareness from both men and women um about you know from men about having a better clarity of things that make women feel less brave than for example what you know things that men are so you know they i think because there's and i again i don't want to generalize it's hard not to though in these kinds of conversations mm-hmm. um men are more willing to be more bullish with things and be more confident to speak out and question things women i would say are probably less so and so therefore i think it's a recognition from men what what the makeup is of women in terms of that and try to support that because just because they may not speak out it doesn't mean they may not necessarily have anything to say it's just that they may be a bit overwhelmed with the situation and so need need a bit more time or a bit more preparation to be able to you know do these things um, and for women, I think it's important to understand that they're not alone in feeling these challenges um, and, you know, to be braver, to find a way to deal with the demons that they have. So first of all, to recognise what demons they have mm. and then find ways, whether it's by themselves or with support, um, to, to, to try and deal with those um, demons in, in a positive way that, that can help them progress. Brilliant. So that's what that's what you need to do with the okay. women's demand. Well, no pressure. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well, uh, we'll see what happens in twelve months then. But thank yeah. you so much for giving up your evening to talk to me, Rita. I really appreciate it. No worries. Um, it was a pleasure. I hope, well, I hope so. It's been really cool talking to you, and um, I'm sure we'll speak again um, about these topics as well. Hey, thank you very much. All right, thank you very much. Cheers. So there you go. Our first ever podcast episode for the Women's Domain done. And that was Rita Harnett from Wavemaker Global. What an absolute start. Thank you so much for joining me, Rita. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, please share the love by liking or rating this podcast. To make sure you never miss out on an episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned. We've got some great guests lined up for the series.